podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the Cast. My name is Dale O'Donnell. I won't be speaking for much of this episode. It'll be mostly Sean and James going through Wayne Rooney's time at Manchester United. But just a quick message to to apologise for, for a lack of podcasts over the last two weeks. been quite busy in, in terms of getting work ready and, and the blog has been quite hectic with, with the results as you could imagine. Solskjaer, look, I'm speaking after the 3-2 win over Atlanta. Performance in the first half, created loads of chances but couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. It was different in the second half, it was quite dramatic, it was a great night at Old Trafford, what the Champions League is about. And it was an important result for the manager. The last time we spoke, we were going into the spell. It was, I think it was before the game against Leicester. And we were unhappy with the performances. And the game against Leicester was an ap- absolutely shambolic display. Um, United did not show up. It, it, it just looks like there was no pattern of play again. No midfield. No dynamic. The, the team was it's just not functioning. But in the second half against Atlanta definitely improved the players stood up i think they they're showing that they're back in the manager a hundred percent i don't think this is just a face saving exercise because a lot of these players in this team and i'll talk about this when i get back from the liverpool game players like scott mctominay and players like fred even harry Maguire. i'll, I'll throw him into the same bracket that if there is a new manager in the coming months that I would be questioning maybe some of their futures in the starting lineup because you have a different manager coming in potentially with different ideas. And right now, these are players that Solskjaer trusts. So they, they owe it to him now. They really, really do. And, and that comeback against Atalanta was important. The fans stayed behind after the match singing Solskjaer's name as they sung throughout the game. The atmosphere was fantastic. The singing section, TRA, the Red Army... Absolutely hats off to him all, all season. It's been an incredible atmosphere in there. And it's just it's a matter of time now, hopefully, before the rest of the ground stand up uh, and do the same. So I'm going to leave you now with Sean and James to go through Rooney's time at Manchester United. Currently in charge of Derby County. And there's been some rumours this week that he's been shortlisted for the Newcastle job. And look, on the next podcast... We'll get into that and I will be recording over the weekend. I'll be bumping into some people over Manchester. So we'll speak soon. Enjoy the rest of the episode and thanks for listening and supporting the Stratocast. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Stradicast for the latest episode in our From the Archives show. As always, my name is Sean Connolly and I'm joined today by Stradie News writer Mr. James Gorse. How are you today, James? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I could be a bit better after the result today, but that's another story. Um, Won't complain. Following on from uh, the previous episode, uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to dive further into the history of this great football club. In today's show, myself and James are going to focus on one of the very best ever put the shirt on. We're going to be talking Wayne Rooney. So, Mr. Rooney, 
Mr. Wayne Mark Rooney, born 24th of October, 1985. I think it's fair to say he's a name that's going to uh, forever be etched into the annals of Manchester United history. I think widely considered to be one of the greatest players of his generation. Rooney is obviously the record goal scorer for Manchester United and England alike. A man born in the Croxit suburb of Liverpool, he grew up supporting Everton. Now, it was obviously evident from an extremely early age that he would never be far from a football. And he excelled at a very, very young age, particularly for Liverpool schoolboys, um, in scoring a record-breaking 72 goals in a 1996-97 season. And that was an actual record that stood until 2010. Now, James, I'm aware that that's schoolboy, and he was only 11 years of age. But that's about as clear an indicator as you're ever going to get about potential, isn't it? I think all these kind of superstar prodigies all have similar kind of records. Messi and, you know, Brazilian Ronaldo and people like that. You just know when they're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's just something about them. Have you ever uh, seen any of the old footage of him playing? I've seen one game for Everton where I think he just, he's inside their half and he just beats one guy and he just drills it straight into the top corner. Yeah, and you, just, just, you shouldn't be able to do that at your age, but you, you knew it was special. You just knew it. That's it. It's just, it's, he has it. And it's like so many of those continental players. So to have somebody like that on, on, on this side of the water, it's, uh, it's not too often it comes across. Remarkable composure and remarkable ability for such a young man. Now, inevitably, with, with that kind of performances and with that sort of ability of that magnitude, he was always going to attract much attention and uh, was eventually signed upon by Everton shortly after his 11th birthday. Uh, I think he was pursued for quite some time by club scout Bob Pendleton. And Bob had a big part in bringing him to the club. And, uh, and I know from looking through it that it didn't take him long to progress through the youth ranks. And from that, he impressed enough to actually make his professional debut at the age of 16. You don't see that too often anymore. And at that particular debut, he actually, um, he, uh, his first senior goals, they actually came in a 3-0 League Cup victory over Wrexham. He scored twice. And that particular feat made him the youngest uh, ever scorer for Everton at that particular time. Uh, I mean, it's pretty impressive that a guy at 16 years of age can come on and burst onto the scene, carry on what he was doing at 11 years old. And just mix it with men at the, at the, at the very biggest stage. And, and I mean, as well as that, when you have the clubs and they're dropping down to the lower ranks and playing against those, those the, 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 the lower division teams like Wrexham, it can be very physical. Never bothered him in the slightest. Did it? He was always, it was almost like he, he, he waved it on. He wanted the more aggression, the better it was for him, even at that age, wasn't it? I think he's one of those guys where he's just like, just give me a ball, I'll do the rest. Just, yeah. Go, yeah. just, just let me go, I'll, I'll take care of it. I just want to play the game, whether it's on the park or in an LA Cup game. That's, that's, just, that's just who he was. That's it. And, 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 and I suppose, James, that's the way it should be, isn't it? I mean, this is a very, very simple game. And it's a game that we play from the age of four or five out in the park. We just go out, kick a football around with our mates. You make goalposts out of jumpers. You know, if you're lucky, you've got a goalpost on the park that you can actually play. And, and, I, that's what I loved about Rooney, especially from such a young age, that it was like he was just out in the park playing with his mates. And, and that, that, that was the most fantastic thing about him. Um, I suppose from that, from that very, very young age, 
one of the lines that stands out to me the most is when the commentator, I suppose, completely bewildered in that game, where he shouts out, remember the name, Wayne Rooney. And that was on uh, in October, just five days before his 17th birthday, when he became the youngest goal scorer in Premier League history. Um, and that was against Arsenal, the dying minutes of that game. He scored that iconic last-minute winner. And uh, I believe the goal actually ended a 30-game unbeaten run for Arsenal as well in that particular moment, I suppose, almost cascading, propelling Rooney into superstardom. Uh, what are your memories of that moment? Do you remember where you were? I certainly remember where I was during that. I remember it because it's, I think it's Clive Tilsley on the commentary because it was on the premiership ITV had bought it from BBC and it was like, oh, we're going to do half seven instead of half ten. So this is going to be the big thing now. We're going to have Premier League football at half past seven on a Saturday night. Mm. And it was just watching the game. You're like, did he just do that at like 17? And you you hear the commentary, and you go, I want to keep you know keep an eye on this kid because if you score that at 25, everyone raves about how good you are. But just a kid, just doing it as if yeah, I do this all the time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, it was it's like it's it's. It's following on from what I said. It's, it's, it's just like he was playing with his friends. And it was just, it was something normal for him. Forget the people watching me. Forget the millions of people that are watching this, you know, like primetime television. Let's forget the fact that we're going up against the mighty gunners having been beaten in God he knows how long. I'm just going to get the ball. I fancy this. I'm going to hit it. And by God, he hit it. It was, uh, I always remember it. I was, uh, I, uh, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was sitting down watching the game with my friends and it was just, in complete awe at this fella, this just this this boy come man in space for a moment, and I remember the celebrations that he had after it. And it wasn't that I was supporting Everton in any way, shape, or form. Obviously, the first thing from it, it was just it was a game of football on the TV, and he wanted to watch it. Um, especially with all the uh, the attention that was going with this young man. Now, in December, Rooney would actually go on to be named uh, the BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year. That was back in two thousand and two. And uh, six days later, like six days after that, he actually scored the winning goal in a 2-1 home win against Blackburn. Um, another side of him, even at that early age, he was known for possessing, I suppose, somewhat of a tempestuous personality, you could say. And uh, even then he got his first senior red card um, against Birmingham City in December. Now, with everything that, is, that we've just discussed, you're talking about him breaking through the ranks, scoring a couple of goals against Wrexham, comes on against Arsenal, hits that, that wonder strike, wins sports personality of the year. Six days later, scores the winner against Blackburn. December comes on and gets himself sent off in his first senior game. Ironically, after all of that, he was still yet to sign his first professional contract. It was crazy, wasn't it? I mean, it's one of those things you probably don't even realise you're still on like a youth contract. Whereas mm. they were just probably thinking, oh, this, this is good, but we're actually twigging, oh no, we have to do something because everybody else is starting to look very admiringly at him and just scribbling it out as quick as you can. Yeah, just sign that, please. Well, pay whatever you want, just sign it as quick as you can. Exactly, exactly. And uh, he did, he did sign it. Um, January of 2003, he put pen to paper and it actually made him one of the world's highest paid teenage players. Now, not to dwell too long, I suppose, on his time with with whatever. He'd go on to make 77 appearances for the Toffees. In that time period, he netted 17 times. 
Now, it was inevitable with a player of this type of obvious ability, this type of, I suppose, undeniable skill set that there was going to be intense transfer speculation. And I know that in July of 2004, Rooney actually went on to reject a new contract offer from Everton. At that particular time, the, uh, the Everton chairman, Bill Kenwright, he was acknowledging somewhat of a precarious financial situation and admitted that a transfer would indeed, very, I suppose, revitalise the club's fortunes at that time. You know, Newcastle were first in the door to try to lure him. And there was a reported £20 million bid made for him that Everton rejected. Inevitably, United and Everton would come to an agreement for uh, the transfer to player two weeks later. And it was reported, I think, at the time that it was a fee of up to £20 million up front with a further £7 million in add-ons, um, obviously being the highest transfer fee paid for a player under the age of 20, which was pretty crazy at the time. How did you feel about that? How did you feel that the club were, were dropping this amount of money on such a young player? I think it's one of those. You saw him, you saw him in the Euros for England and you just sort of, everything sort of came together for it. And you were like, okay, I see what this kid is. Like, it might be a lot of money, but if you don't do it, someone else will. And whoever he went to would go on to dominate because that's just how good he was. Yeah, yeah, he, he really was. And if, uh, I mean, I know it's it's never our money. Sure, it's not, James. Like, we, we, we read about it in, 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 in any sort of text in the socials. You see it popping up in Sky Sports News about players being linked for this astronomical sum of money. We forget that it's nothing got to do with us. You know, obviously, as supporters, we contribute to it. But to me, even back then, which was a different valuation, that amount of money, I mean, it seemed like pocket change for a player that you were getting with that potential. Obviously, arriving at the club, he was given the number eight shirt, made his debut uh, for the Red Devils in a Champions League tie against Turkish side Fenerbahce on the, the 28th of September, 2004. That was a bit of a, an, eventful game, an eventful game, James, wasn't it? Just a little bit. I mean, I think I had a look at that today and Cleverson was still there. Another, was. Another, yeah, yeah. another Brazilian midfielder that everyone seemed to rail against. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Mm. But <laughs> it's sort of a, a, a team in the middle of something, doesn't know what it wants to be, and then you just plonk this 18-year-old in and it, he just sort of sees the stage and just announces to everyone in the world, I am I, I'm here and I'm going to score goals. I'm going to break all these records and win everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And with, with, with that game, it always stands to me. I can, I can visualize all three of the goals because, I mean, it, it, it wasn't quite, I suppose, the perfect because he managed one with his left, he got the second one with his right. Remember the first one with the left, he was put through, I think it was Giggsy. Now I could be corrected around with that, but someone just laid the ball through, made a nice little run. He was one-on-one with the keeper, but he still had a bit of work to do and he just took it on his left like it was nothing to him and absolutely broke the net with it. Remember with the second, he received the ball outside the box at a little bit of a dink turned and shot from about 30 yards out, low driven shot in his right. Bottom corner, keeper can do nothing about it. And then you, you have this free kick. You've got this array of players lining up around the ball. Got, like Ryan Giggs was in his pump back in the day. Rooney steps on up. Just, just, a, just a boy. No, the ball is mine. Takes the ball back in the net hat-trick. It was inevitable. It just, there, was a, there, was a, there was a feeling of inevitability about it that yeah, yeah, like this guy, he's, he's got the world at his feet. He's going he's gonna to score. 
think at the time I remember watching it and the commentator, after he got the first goal, the commentator saying it was inevitable it was going to happen. I just didn't think it was going to be this soon it was going to happen, you know, and uh, it really was special. And it was, you, you couldn't have asked for a better debut, really, especially for a player of that ilk. Now, when you look at that season, and like you said, there's, there is actually a lot of similarities with regards to that particular squad and, and, and what we have in modern day. And that first season at the club, it did return mixed results. They came third in the league and uh, defeated in all three cups, both domestically and in the continent, uh, on the continent. Um, individually, Rooney ended the season as the club's top league scorer, ironically, with 11 goals. And he was credited with the PFA Young Player of the Year for that, uh, for that particular season. Now, in touching on that, there was something brewing at Old Trafford, and his displays had fans eager to get into the ground. I mean, the feeling that I had, I'm sure it was shared by many others, but I'm kind of gathering from what you said a moment ago, you were of the same opinion, weren't you? It was a squad that didn't know what it was, but you dropped this player into it. Something felt like it was brewing, didn't it? Well, at that time, you've got Arsenal winning Invincibles. I think it's around that. It's either that season or the season before. Chelsea are there. And everything starts to slowly change. And United, you feel they're sort of turning a bit slower than we all thought they should be but you can see them slowly turning things from the old team that dominated a couple of players start to move on a couple of players start to arrive and then you have Rooney then they go on to get this lad called Ronaldo and then suddenly everything just kind of moved in the right direction seamlessly yeah yeah Yeah. and they would Every week, you just did not know what you were going to get. It was either going to be really good or it was going to be really crap. But there, there's one thing about it that could not be denied, even though it was going to be either really good or really crap. It was exciting. That was the main thing. And people were excited going to the games. You know, you, you, there, there, there was never going to be anything left out in the field. It was a young team, young personalities. But they had this charisma about them. That if we're going to lose, at least we're going to go out on their swords. You know, we're going to go on their shields, I should say. Um, it didn't take long for him to get his first trophy at the club. Uh, first trophy was in 2005-06. Uh, he scored a brace in a 4-0 win against Wigan Athletic in the League Cup final. And United would go one better than the previous season, finishing runners-up to, uh, to Chelsea. That particular season, he would net 16 Premier League goals. But toward the end of the season, suffered an unfortunate broken metatarsal in a league defeat to Chelsea, which actually proved critical in the league. I remember like it was yesterday. I think uh, the all of England probably gasped at one particular moment when when it, when it happened. Um, despite all that, he did go on to retain the PFA Young Player of the Year award that year. They went into the following season uh, and massive confidence. But then all of a sudden, Rooney was placed in sort of uncharted territory. And he endured a 10-game scoreless streak during the first half of the season. Now, obviously, we're talking about the earlier stages of his career here. And despite his obvious brilliance, which he had, it was a trait that would recur on several occasions throughout his career, wasn't it? I mean, it's, it, didn't just, it wasn't just an isolated incident, James. It happened more than once, didn't it? He went down a lot in terms of at crucial points. Not long term, but just long enough to be a problem. All the time. Mm. I think that Chelsea one, at the end of the 5-6 season, he's in a rush for the World Cup. The Ronaldo incident 
happened. Everyone's, you know, what can these two play together? You know, should he should he be banned from English football? Ronaldo and all this rubbish. Yeah, yeah. First game of the season, five-one flown. Those two destroyed everyone, virtually on their own. And you're like, oh, there's no problem here. But Ronaldo kind of moved on, and Rooney had, like you say, he went through a patch where he didn't do anything. But when he but when he got that goal, it was just floodgates open for him, and that was how he was. He'd have games where he'd have virtually nothing, and he'd be all over the place. But when he scored that first goal, the next week one here, two there, one here, and that was just how he was. But everything he did for the team at that time as well is very often overlooked by everyone. He was oh, everywhere. Yeah. just everywhere. It was yeah yeah it was it was it, it, he just he didn't want to lose you know and, and that was it, that was it it was evident and like I mean he very much wore his hair in his sleeve you know he was he was very much on that and despite as you said that that ten game streak which inevitably once he gets one he gets fifty that season would return many memorable moments for him I remember he netted a brace in an A three aggregate uh, Champions League quarter final victory over Roma. And then, of course, you had the brace that he scored in that famous semi-final victory over AC Milan. Now, obviously, that one didn't go to plan um, over the two legs. And we were denied that dream final against Liverpool. Uh, but Rooney, Rooney did go on to claim his first Premier League title that year. And he scored 14 goals along the way. So when you consider the, the path that he took to get to the club, it didn't take him long to get that first Premier League winner's medal. Sure, it didn't. No, but I think it's one of those things where, like I said before, he was going to transform whichever team he went to. That was just a level of where he was at. You put him with all these seasoned pros and you put him with Ferguson as well. It was just inevitable, wasn't it? And once he got one, that was it. That's it. That's it. And that then brought us on to the, I suppose, what many people consider to be potentially the greatest period in the club's history in terms of the ability of the team. And you're talking about that 2007 to 2010 period. It was extremely special. Um, personally, I mean, I feel that that side could very well have been the most entertaining and deadly side like to, that has been. Now, I spoke with uh, Pete Monier recently and, and like Pete, I didn't get to watch the Busby Babes in the flesh. Um, but that particular period saw a style of domination unlike anything that I had ever witnessed. Um, I mean, you had this 2007 campaign starting. Rooney was handed the number 10 shirt. Um, it was almost like a new birth then as well. And it was the dawning of one of the most dominant periods in United's illustrious, in United's illustrious history. Um, obviously, we had the, uh, the anguish of defeat in the semi-final of the Champions League the previous year against AC Milan. But United would obviously go one further and get to that all-English final against Chelsea. Um, in 2007-8 and ultimately the rest is history that game was um, was special on so many levels I mean you, just nothing but fond memories about it James sure does not so, I tell you what, at the time it did not feel special it was so nerve-wracking to watch wasn't it <laughs> I tell you what finals are only enjoyable if you win them for the, for the run-up to them they're awful because you just go in what's the worst that could happen we can lose and every, everything we've done well is gone but yeah, yeah. when you've won it you just realise how special that team was and 
all the little pieces coming together. It, it, it is, yeah. And, and it's amazing how one spot kick, one missed spot kick, potentially changed the fortune of all those young players in, in, in so many ways because it's impossible to tell at that particular time had Terry have hit the net, what, what would it have done to the mentality of these young players? I mean, we never have to know. We never have to know about that, which is fantastic. Um, but it's amazing how one kick of a ball can have such, I suppose, ultimately momentum and so much gain on, 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 a, on a young squad and a young team's career. Um, now, the club would obviously go on as well to retain the Premier League title, bringing United to 17 overall. Now, Ferguson, at the time, he developed that side meticulously. And he built an attack that was largely centralized around a trio of Tevez, Rooney, and uh, Ronaldo. I mean, that, that trio, they were terrifying. I mean, as, as a supporter of United, watching them, be it in the stadium or be it at home, they were electric. I mean, on the counter at that particular time in United's period, they, they, were, they were almost unstoppable. And... I think that they, they, they just struck such fear into the defences of any team around the globe, which ultimately culminated in the 2008 FIFA Club World Cup Championship. Now, Rooney proved extremely influential throughout that tournament, and he was rewarded with the golden ball as the tournament's best player. But, but that particular period, when, when the three of those were attacking and interchanging, I don't think I've experienced anything like it since. It was, it was phenomenal, wasn't it? It was, and I think... One of the big things that everyone misses is it only happened because he got rid of Nistelrooy. Yeah. The, the best striker we probably in my lifetime at United. But when you got rid of him, you realised everything were kind of focused towards him. And then you brought Tevez in and you had Rooney and Ronaldo. And everyone just kind of moved everywhere. And for defenders, they had no clue what to do. So you had this fluid, fast skillful forward line that like you say just terrified everyone skulls and carry it behind and and even if you did somehow get the ball back and beat that midfield you had Vidic and Rio to worry about so it was kind of a I don't know a self-fulfilling prophecy that they were going to beat you it was just by how much that's how scary that team was at that time yeah yeah, it absolutely was. And, and and the campaign went on to be extremely fruitful. Rooney collected his third league winner's medal. Yeah, and and that, that, that obviously equaled the record of 18 titles, as well as United lifting the League Cup again. And amazingly, the club would reach the final in the Champions League once more. Unfortunately, losing out to a, a Leo Messi-inspired Barcelona, which uh, it wasn't obviously an incredibly, incredibly impressive team. And it had to be to be able to go toe-to-toe with that United team. Um, I suppose despite a somewhat bleak trophy return in the following campaign, in the 29-2010 season, Rooney would achieve even more individual success at the time when he was awarded the PFA Players Player of the Year as well as the PFA Fans Player of the Year. United retained the League Cup, becoming the first side since Nottingham Forest in the 90s to do it. Um, now it was very unfortunate at that time that ultimately United would miss out on a record break in four consecutive league title losing out by one point to Chelsea um, it was a very very hard time to take that and in Europe I suppose United were also attempting to become only the second side since Juventus in 98 to reach three consecutive Champions League finals um, a pretty contentious quarter final defeat to Bayern Munich ended those hopes that wasn't the uh, the most uh, favourable night in my memory 
Uh, to say the period, I suppose, was fruitful, it would actually be somewhat of an understatement, James. It was a remarkable return on silverware over that particular 27 to 10 period, as well as some exceptional individual performances from Rooney and co. From it all, what, what would be your fondest memories of that particular three-year period? It's one of those, from when they won that first league in 07, 08, it was a game, I think we played at Bolton, where Rooney was just different class and they, they battered them 4 0, and they really battered them 4 0. And you just felt there's something brewing here that this team could maybe do something. And throughout then, there was loads of little moments, but the fact just winning in Moscow. And then Rome the next year, going into that game fully confident you can beat that Barcelona team. And for 10 minutes, just thinking, we're going to win this. Yeah. You lose to a great team, probably them and AC Milan of the early 90s are the two best teams in my lifetime. In terms of all-around brilliance, apart from any United team, of course, but no shame in losing to them. But you just realise that was how good United were, that only a generational team could stop them. They won yeah. everything at home and were so close to winning abroad as well. So just just amazing memories. I mean, I remember watching that goal Ronaldo scored in the semi-final against Arsenal. Yeah. Just that moment of going, oh my God, we're the best team in Europe and like, this is amazing to watch. Which one? Which one are you making reference to? Are you talking about the free kick, or are you talking about the counter attack? Oh no, it's the counter attack. The counter attack, yeah, yeah. The first, the first goal, I think Park scores, and then Ronaldo scores, and he's just more surprised that he hit it. But the third one is everything about that United team. Within five, six seconds, they've gone from the edge of the box to Ronaldo sticking it in the back of the net. Oh yeah, yeah. Just speed, just being clinical, and having these two absolute superstars. I mean, that's the other thing about Rooney. When Ronaldo came, he he was nowhere near Rooney. And that's so weird to kind of say now that, because everyone knows Ronaldo's probably been one of the best of all time, but Rooney was already that good. And you have these two guys together, it was just an amazing time to be a United fan. Absolutely it was. Absolutely it was. And, uh, I'm getting fond memories thinking about that goal. It was it was amazing with the little back, with the little back heel, the and, and just like the sheer tenacity to to run the length of the field and the way it is. Just the, the Arsenal had no answer to it. They they, they were completely shell shocked the entire time. It was fantastic, brilliant, brilliant memory. Now, when 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 you move past that uh, that amazing three year period, we had somewhat of a strange uh, a strange chapter in his career. Uh, despite several years of domination, as we just discussed, com- literally completely across the globe, Ferguson would would shock the world when announcing uh, Rooney's desire to leave the club. Now, uh, Rooney and his representatives would solidify this by releasing a statement, which really highlighted the fact that the decision was not down to money. It was instead down to a lack of ambition by the club. Um, now, obviously, from that, despite the events Obviously, the public bewilderment from Ferguson, who seemed completely shell-shocked by what was occurring. Rooney would inevitably make a dramatic U-turn, agreeing a new five-year contract. Now, I know at the time the decision was made with mixed opinion amongst uh, the Old Trafford faithful. 
I remember he came on the field that time. There was a mixture of boos and cheers when he came onto the pitch, regardless of the reasoning behind it. I know it hurt me incredibly at the time. And it probably hurt even more based on the fact that you've had this three, four year period where you have a team, as you said, that was capable of going toe to toe with generational teams. Um, but it really was a ball from the blue. I really didn't know how to take it. How did the moment hit you at the time, James? I think it was something similar. It was a bit of a, so he, want, he wants to go to City. And it was, I think that was the thing that annoyed a lot of people more. But I think if you look back at it now, I think he saw the iceberg. I think he just sort of saw what was kind of happening. We weren't as strong. The players coming in maybe weren't as good. There were very similar kind of vibes to after 99, where I remember Keane having some kind of mini rant at an airport or something like that after Oster buying Leverkusen about saying the team wasn't good enough and it had to change. And the kind of hallmarks of that where he just maybe saw the team break up after an hour though left and a few were getting on and the players that should have been coming in weren't coming in. So there's kind of, looking back, you say arguably he was right, but at the time you were just so kind of annoyed at him, like, why do you want to leave? You've got everything you could possibly want here. What more do you want? Yeah, yeah. It hit home. It did, it did hurt. And even though they had the U-turn on the pitch, Rooney endured some out of a roller coaster that season. I mean, I know there was, there was plenty of moments of frustration, as we discussed previously, where we'd hit, he'd hit those quells and those lulls in his form series of lackluster displays and it had several sections questioning his place in the site altogether but uh, as we all know too well this was only something that was going to to spur Rooney on even more and it was that particular season that he recorded a piece of history in that Manchester derby that famous Manchester derby I remember I was sitting there in the seat well I wasn't doing too much sitting at that time but getting close now to a one-all draw Rooney scored that absolutely sensational bicycle kick to win the game. And I remember Ferguson after he'd gone on to state that the goal was the best he'd ever witnessed at Old Trafford. I was lucky enough to be in the stands that day. I'll never forget the scenes afterward. It was one of the most frenetic, crazy, mad, I thought the stadium was going to fall down moments. One of the best I've experienced. Um, what 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 are your memories of that goal? Were you there that day actually as well? Were you watching in the stadium or were you at home or where were you? No, I remember that game. I was I was working at the time and I remember oh, it was awful because you were you were trying to do your job or look like you were trying to do your job in my case anyway. And one of the guys came out and just <laughs> said, "You will not believe what Rooney's just done." And everyone's sort of going, "Is he scored?" He went, "Yeah, but you have to see what he's just done." And then afterwards, when you go on your break, sort of looking through and you go, oh my God, he's, it's an unreal goal. Yeah, yeah. It's, an it's crazy. Goal. I mean... Absolutely iconic, yeah. Nobody does that. Nobody does that <laughs> with a moment. Because that's the, thing, that's the thing about Rooney, that that goal is the best goal he'll score. But he's got quite a few of those kind of goals where every one of us would go, no, no, I'm going to take the ball down, take a touch, then maybe hit it. He just goes, no, no, I'm going to overkick this. And he goes, he shins it, but who cares? It went in. So it, 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 it can hit whatever part of the body he's, it, it, it wanted. It was just, it was, it was wonderful. 
that's going to be one of those iconic moments that's just going to live forever throughout the, the history of this club. It was, it was phenomenal. Now, uh, obviously, then you start moving forward. Rooney Pazan nets his fifth hat-trick for the club in a 4-2 victory over uh, West Ham. Second goal in that game would be his 100 for United in the Premier League, making him only the third player to do so after Giggsy and Scholes. And United would go on then to lift the Premier League for a record 19 time, and that was Rooney's fourth winner's medal. Um, that season, again, the club would reach another Champions League final, unfortunately, again, losing out to Messi's Barcelona. Um, but it was a third final in four years. I mean, extraordinary season, phenomenal levels of consistency and success across the board. And even though there was, unfortunately, another defeat there, there's nothing to... Uh, I mean, the, the heads could be held high. I mean, the frustration, as you said, of losing a cup, particularly that final, it's, 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 it's painful. But the fact that the team was still able to get there and actually provide those sorts of moments and memories for the fans was something to savor. When you, when you moved on and you got on to the following campaign, obviously the campaign yielded more records for the player. I mean, in late August, Rooney hit his 150th goal for the club. The first was in a hat-trick against Arsenal. And then he went down and scored another hat-trick against Bolton, becoming only the fourth player in Premier League history to score a hat-trick in consecutive games. I mean even after all the time he spent at the club, to be able to, to go and score a hat-trick and then to hit another hat-trick in the following game. It's just phenomenal, isn't it? Well, that's just what he was. And before I forget, the goal he scored in that final in, at Wembley against Barcelona is the best goal of that game. Yeah. that's And, he scored, and it's just like one-twos and he just bends this beautiful ball into the back of the net. There's a, I think there's a quote from Dennis Law when he signed in round 04 where he says he will break all the records at Man United. And he did. And that's coming yes. from someone who scored hat-tricks all the time and Dennis Law the king. But Rooney just did these things. And, and the thing with these kind of players is they are so good, you just go, yeah, he scored hat-trick again, didn't he? You just, it's just normal for him. Like, it's that normal for Messi to do what he does now. Just like, yeah, well, he does that every week. Do you reckon he went home and thought about what he had done that day? Or do you reckon he was just only just focusing on the next game? I think he just went home and just couldn't wait to go and play football again. I mean, obviously, he was aware of the statistics and the records he was breaking, but he just always seemed like a guy who just wanted to play football and was just the happiest when he was scoring goals, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, to, he, looked, he looked like every game was a World Cup final played on the local park. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he kind of, if he was going home and he saw a couple of kids, he'd just stop the car, get out and have a kickabout. Yeah, yeah. When he net that hat-trick, that, that would actually bring him level with Bobby Charlton. So Bobby Charlton had seven hat-tricks for the club. And then he, he had another brace in the Champions League in October and he actually surpassed goals. He is the all-time leading English scorer in the competition. Just record after record after record with him. Now, as they moved on, the only silverware that was returned that season was the Community Shield. United suffered exits in both domestic cups, as well as a, a quite surprising Champions League group stage exit. A group, a group stage exit. And then the side would go on to be eliminated from the Europa League at the round of 16. Now, despite all of that, Rooney had an extremely impressive uh, individual season. He had 34 goals that season, with 27 of them coming in the actual league. And he'd also be named in the PFA Team of the Year for the third time in his career at that stage. So you're talking about a guy that even, I suppose that's real evidence that even at the time when there wasn't the silverware coming through the door, this was a guy who was still out there, clearly giving his all 
and, and hitting those, those massive figures at the time within a club that was largely underperforming, which really, really brings to the forefront just how high the level of performance he was. Now, it was testament to how driven he was that, I mean, he almost single-handedly was saving points at that time for the club. When you moved on, you got to the 2012-13 campaign. United would go on and obviously win an unprecedented 28 English Flight League title. Phenomenal. The final year in Sir Alex Ferguson's illustrious career. And at that particular time, there was also the acquisition of Robin Van Persie, which had attracted the media's gaze. Um, that was a particularly frustrating campaign for Rooney because he endured an injury hit campaign. I think he only started 22 league matches that year. But despite all of that, he'd go on to register his 200 club goal, actually, it was club goal in a 40 win over Stoke. And following a 2 1 victory against Swansea, um, Ferguson actually went on then and announced that Rooney had handed in a transfer request and also requested he hadn't played in the game. It was a second transfer request he'd handed in. This time, obviously, under slightly different circumstances. What were your thoughts at that particular time? Did you understand it? How did you feel? You know that Ferguson's leaving enough Rooney's after handing another transfer request. I mean, it's one of those things you don't expect both to happen at the same time. And for Rooney, it was like, oh, not again? Really, again? But, I mean, you don't... I mean, it's one of those things he might have just felt he'd done everything and it was the right time maybe to bow out. But you still annoyed with him, like, no, 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 we need you now. This is like when we need you the most when Fergie's gone. So it, it kind of hurt a, maybe a little bit more because, like, we really need you here, Wayne. You yeah. really can't leave us like this. That's exactly what I was going to say. It, it, it was at a time period where it felt like everything was falling apart. Everything that uh, I, I had experienced in my life as, as a Manchester United fan. I, I, I'm pretty sure we're around the same age. I'm maybe slightly older than you. So, so everything you'd experienced was, was, was starting to crumble underneath our feet. So yeah, you're, you're kind of thinking, no, no, we need you to stay. But as well as that, one thing that also surprised me, and it maybe lays claim now thinking about it, that maybe he wasn't bothered about the records. Because you'd be thinking at that time, he's given so much time and he's broken so many records. He's so close to advancing upon the major, major records at the club that I would have thought that he he wanted to stay and actually to break those. Now, obviously, following the departure of Sir Alex Ferguson, David Moisey came and obviously announced that Rooney was not for sale. Club rejecting a £20 million bid for Chelsea. And it was made quite clear that Rooney was going to be central to, to Moisey's plans. I know he went on then and Rooney scored his 200 goal for United um, against Bayer Leverkusen. And then he, shortly after that, he net his 150th Premier League goal against Hull in December. And what was quite strange again in somewhat of a U-turn that obviously despite his, his previous intent to leave the club, he went and signed a contract extension, which kept him in, was to keep him in the club until 2019. And after that, in March, He'd go on to net a brace against West Ham to reach 212 goals for the club, moving him to the third all-time list at United. It's just crazy. I mean, it was, I suppose it was at a time where it was impossible to predict what he was going to do, wasn't it? I think so. I think, I think it was a weird flux at the time as well between what United were doing and what he was doing. Everything was all up in the air. No one knew what was happening. But on the pitch, same old Wayne. He just kept doing what he was doing. You know, yeah. I mean, at least the, that was the constant in his life. No matter what happened off the pitch in his personal life or transfer requests, when the whistle went, single mind. Single mind. Just, 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 just,
and that's that. And that was a big thing you have to respect about him. He could say what he wanted about ambition or wanting to lead, but when it came to doing his talking on the pitch, he did it. He did his talking on the pitch, is right. He's right. Now, when you note then that after that, you, you, you got the introduction of Louis van Gaal coming to the club. Rooney was appointed club captain in July of 2014. And uh, he climbed the third on the all-time Premier League scores list, reaching 176 goals in yet another victory against West Ham. I suppose despite the inevitability of age, it's remarkable and testament to his longevity at that stage. And during the campaign, Rooney was often deployed further back the field. Um, it was one of those tactical decisions that Van Hal was noted for. One that saw Rooney playing as attacking central midfielder very often. Even though that the, the football was uninspiring at the time, Rooney still finished the season as the club's top scorer. Um, but ironically enough, his tally of 14 was the lowest at the club since 1982. Now, when you moved on, Rooney became the Premier League's second highest scorer of all time. His goal against Swansea on the 2nd of January saw him hit 238 goals for United, which surpassed the man you were previously speaking about, Mr. Dennis Law, as the club's second highest scorer of all time. And he'd then go on to captain United in the 2016 FA Cup success. And it was the first time that he'd actually managed to win that competition in his career. I remember the game like it was yesterday. I mean, it was, it was typical of United at the time. You, you didn't have a nail left in your hands, but it saw Rooney complete that domestic set. What are your memories of that match? I think I, think I was in Newcastle with my friends. We were on the magic weekend for the rugby league at St. James's Park. And we found a, a bar and I think all the Newcastle fans wanted us to win. Not because we were Man United, but because of Pardew. They hated Pardew. So yeah. they were they were all there. But I remember, I think it's the one matter goal where Rooney just runs with the ball, keeps running, keeps going, just keeps it alive and then puts in the cross, Fellaini chests that matter scores, we go to extra time and eventually we win. But you just, you just felt it was typical United in a sense. Yeah. Never doing it the easy way. Never doing it the easy way. Just sheer force of will from Bruni. The body might not be what it was, but he sort of pushed United over the line, made sure we didn't lose that game. Yeah. And then as you progressed on, Rooney then became the third player to reach 100 Premier League assists. He'd also go on to um, overtake Mr. Ruud van Nistelrooy as the club's greatest scorer in Europe when he hit number 39 against Feyenoord in the Europa League. And obviously on that famous day on the 21st of January in 2017, he passed the, the record held by Sir Bobby Charlton and scoring his 250-year club goal, becoming United's all-time leading scorer. You get to the point then where it was sort of moving on towards his final game for Manchester United, came as a substitute in that Europa League final against Ajax. Now, when all was said and done and he claimed that title, he finished his United career as the club's all-time leading scorer with 253 goals, won five Premier League titles, Champions League, World Club Cup, as well as each of the Europa League, the FA Cup, and he also played the three League Cups. He, his career saw him reach 559 appearances for the club across 13 seasons. Now, that's incredible longevity. It's absolutely incredible. And, and I feel for a player of his quality and what he brought to the game and the enjoyment that he brought into everybody's sitting rooms and all the players sitting inside in the stadium, it was fitting that he was such a decorated and a footballer who received so many individual accolades, but also had the titles to back it up. I mean, I would class him very much as a versatile attacker. 
think he combines amazing technical ability with his physicality and this strength. Um, and, and ultimately, he was, he was viewed as a generational talent and one of the finest players of his generation by many people. I mean, in, 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 in your defining moments of, of, of Waza, how would you best describe him in a couple of lines? Probably one of the best players I've ever seen play for United. He is, is essentially a street footballer. Everything about him is street football. Just, I remember my dad telling me, watch the game, it's round 06, because he says, Patrice ever goes forward when Rooney was on the left. He crosses the ball and the goalkeeper comes out and catches it and throws it into the space that Patrice has left. And he said, who was there playing left back, catching the ball, controlling it and then passing it, was Rooney. He'd, he'd seen the problem and he ran back and fixed it. Yeah. Not, no one's, you have to be so good and knowledgeable about the game to understand and see that. But that's the kind of guy he was. He was selfless as well as being just brilliant. The man, the man. I, I don't think you're going to get a more fitting way of describing him than that. James, I would like to think it was uh, it was a pleasure here to, to, to run through the history of one of the greatest players that I've certainly ever seen and I think that the club will ever see. It was lovely talking to you about it. Um, for, for anybody listening here that wants to get to touch with you, what's uh, your Twitter tag? What's your socials so as any of the guys can get in touch with you? Most of my stuff's on the Strictly News uh, website and the Twitter handle um, 10 James G. Who ranting about United on there most of the time, anyway. Valid rants, my friend. Valid rants. And for anybody listening, be sure and follow Strictly News and Strictly Cast for up to date content. James, it was a pleasure talking to you this evening. Hopefully, we get to do it soon again, okay? Definitely, mate. Take care. Bye. You too, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.